Backfield boys, alright. Ladies and gentlemen, after about a month hiatus, the Backfield Boys have returned. This is yours truly, Brendan. And as always, as you all know, I'm joined by Jackson Kelly and Lucas Kochevar. How's it going, fellas? How was the break? <laughs> it was, it was okay. good. You can wake up now. <laughs> I think I have COVID. You had COVID again? I think I have it right now. I don't know. I'm just going to wing it. I got vacation okay. starting this weekend, so. Oh, that's perfect timing. A little self-quarantine, chill with Wallen, maybe go see the Hell other no, Wallen. Hell dude. I'm going to, like, go out <laughs> and about. I'm not going to sit in my house on July 4th weekend. <laughs> I can't blame you there. You know, I think the whole COVID hysteria has pretty much died down. So people can, you know, live life as they please. Yeah, I've been living my life the same the whole time. <laughs> that was something you and I were on the same page about, honestly. Like, even very early on. We were just kind of like, you know, it is what it is. If it gets us, it gets us. But we're just going to live life regardless. Yeah, yeah, I seen Joe Rogan talk about it, bro. And I was like, oh, this ain't no big deal. <laughs> You're like, that, that's it. All right, so we were talking earlier, you know, we decided to record tonight because usually our record nights are Wednesdays, but today was a better day for all three of us. So we decided to record and we were tossing around some subjects and I think it was you, Lucas, or was it you, Jackson, that had the great idea? It was Lucas. Lucas. All right. Lucas had the great idea to do our first ever mailbag episode. So we reached out to a tons of friends, tons of family people in group chats and we ask the simple question shoot us a debate topic or shoot us a question and we're going to straight up talk about it and answer it so we have about 20 questions to get through and don't worry if we don't get to yours we're going to get to it next episode because every backfield boys or most of them we're going to start having a mailbag segment where we go through we answer a couple questions we have a couple debates we want to get a little bit more fan outreach you know make sure everyone gets a little bit of a voice gets a little bit of a say And this is the beginning of that. So, without further ado, let's get started. Okay, so our first question. What is that, Jackson? (laughs) My dog, bro. (laughs) I heard some, like, Darth Vader breathing going on in the background. (laughs) That's just Wallen. Does does, does Wallen hate my voice? No, he's got a toy found. Yeah, oh, he's just okay. playing. Yeah, he's good. Continue. I'll get to shut up. <laughs> no, nah, he's good. He's good. We're we're a dog friendly show. Back to boys. Yeah, except Lucas, right. the Falcons fan. Hey, hey, man. But he's still a dog, though. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our first question comes from Chase, good friend of Jackson and I's. He asks, overall. Who had the more overrated career? Not the better career, the more overrated career. Was it Troy Aikman, the four-time Super Bowl champion of the Cowboys, or Eli Manning? The answer to me is simple, Eli Manning. Wow. Yeah. More overrated, you think, is Eli Manning? Yeah, absolutely. Because other than Hmm. those two Super Bowl runs, he was a below-average quarterback. Like you can say Troy Eggman's numbers aren't good, but he was always he was a top ten quarterback, arguably top five of the entire nineties decade. So that's and fair. He won four. 
So, yeah, they had a great team, which you slander everyone. Last year, we argued, you told me Emmett Smith, his numbers were, didn't really count, although he's got the greatest. No, listen, let me speak. So, regardless of who's better at throwing the ball, because I know there's a difference in 90s and modern day quarterbacks, in terms of overrated, Eli Manning's going to be in the Hall of Fame when realistically, uh, you know, he wasn't good. I mean, he was, but he wasn't like Hall of Fame worthy by no means. Yeah. Lucas, I'm going to let you go real quick. I want to make one small, minor little um, mistake. I made a mistake. Um, Troy Aikman's actually won three Super Bowls, not four. I don't know why four slipped out. I was probably thinking about the greatest basketball player of all time, LeBron James, you know. How, dude? That doesn't even work at all. Shut up, Brandon. Yo, Lucas. I'd have to agree. I don't even know how. I'd have to agree, though. Eli Manning is probably the more overrated career. Because the thing is, hmm. is like, you know, I feel like people have the discussion already. It's like, it should be a famer, where it's like, I don't think anyone really debates whether Troy Aikman should be a Hall of Famer. I think everyone kind of, at least most people unanimously kind of agree or agree a Hall of Famer. And no one's like, you know, who needs to be out of the Hall of Fame? Troy Aikman. Like, no, people are going to have those feelings about Eli Manning for sure. And I think it's somewhat valid. And, you know, those he went on a hot streak in two different playoffs. Like they weren't even the best team either of those seasons. But they went on a you know, went on a run, got hot, and managed to knock off, you know, the greatest dynasty we've ever seen. So that props him up very, very and heavily. Another thing, there was a time a time right after that second Super Bowl where people like seriously were like, I'd rather have Eli than Peyton. Like, that was – like, people were actually saying that. Now, granted, entire regular season, he wasn't good. The other playoffs, he, he never won a playoff game other than those two seasons. They were the only times he ever won playoff games. So his career is vastly overrated because of two playoff runs. And I get it. They're Super Bowl champions. They were great runs. And like Lucas said, he knocked off – you know, we can't call him the greatest team of all time because they didn't win it. But – you know, would have been the greatest team of all time. Troy Aikman is easily, easily the more overrated quarterback. Because listen, not only does Eli Manning have more Super Bowl MVPs, two to one, not only does Eli Manning have far more yards, 57,000 to 32,000, almost 200 more career touchdowns. He also played on worse teams and stepped up and beat the GOAT twice in the Super Bowl. Troy Aikman played with some of the best, most talented teammates of all time. Michael Irvin, one of the best offensive lines we've ever seen in NFL history. Emmett Smith in the backfield, as overrated as I think he is. Overall, I do think Troy Aikman is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the league. Because like you said, Lucas, no one ever debates whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. On the flip side, Everyone debates whether Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer or not. And to me, that is straight up unfair because Eli Manning is clearly a Hall of Famer. I mean, there's guys like Joe Namath in the Hall of Fame who had a far worse career than Eli Manning and still made the Hall of Fame because of one Super Bowl win. So why shouldn't Eli Manning be a Hall of Famer for beating the GOAT twice? He's a Hall of Famer. End of story. And Troy Aikman's the more overrated quarterback. You lost me. And their interception percentage is the exact same. It's the exact same. I'm out now means nothing to me when you bring up stats to you 
when you bring up stats comparing players in different eras in football, it just means nothing. Absolutely nothing to me. And also Troy Aikman's career, like I like as much as I'm not even a big Troy Aikman fan, but like his career also he was plagued by concussions. Like I concussions is like one of the like things that he just he was getting destroyed every week. Now he had a good offensive line, but that doesn't mean he wasn't getting Killed, yeah, so. I mean, you're you're looking at a completely different era of football. Yeah, from you 90s can say to 2000s. that. Well, I'm realistically, just saying, when you bring up stats, it means nothing to me. So you're not going to convince me either way when you're bringing up stats from two different decades. Okay, but let's not even talk about who's you up, better. You brought up the point about the two Super Bowls. That that's what we're saying is like outside of those two Super Bowls, Eli think, sucked. Yeah, I think Eli was at least like. He's probably a top half of the league quarterback, but he wasn't like he was never a top three, top five quarterback. I don't think ever in his career. He's Joe Flacco's. He's a Joe Flacco with a Manning last name. Said so I think Joe's a little better. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one, man. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, fifty-seven thousand right. passing yards. I'm already pissed. All right, <laughs> you're already question. pissed. All right, all right. Next question comes in from Bill, Lucas's dad. Oh. Little shout out there. Who do you think will be the first coach fired? I already know who Jackson's going to say. It's going to make me laugh. <laughs> who do you think will be the first coach fired this upcoming season? Okay, so I know you think I'm going to say Cliff, but I'm not because our organization is <laughs> too stupid to fire him. I'm going to say I'm, – can I give two answers? Okay. Sure. Let, they let may me, be fired me, in the same listen, week. No, listen. Here's my – one will not be fired, but I think there's a good chance. I don't think Pete Carroll would get fired, but there's a good chance he just quits midseason. Like, they just have a thing. And But in my mind, the most likely to get fired early on would have to be uh, – and now I can't – Mike McCarthy. Mm. Yep, that was going to be my answer too. That, he got me. I mean <laughs> – that's I feel like that's a layup of a choice because I mean Dorothy's just such a big dope. It already doesn't feel like Jerry Jones loves him and the Cowboys' expectations are pretty high this year. And if they don't like if they come out the gate slow, like let's say the Eagles are good or like the commanders beat them early the on. The Eagles in the and commanders could be better than and also the Giants could. Now I don't think any of us thinks they will. I think we all think the Cowboys would be better. But those other teams could be better. Yeah. For like a team like the Cowboys to be like a middling, you know, NFC team, like not even like in the NFL, but like in the NFC, you know, that that screams McCarthy's on the hot seat and he's on the way out. Because they also do have Dan Quinn on the staff who they could promote mm-hmm. to interim head coach or full time head coach if they really wanted to. Because he's and I think that ha- can he, and I think if he wanted a head coaching job last year, he could have had it. So there's probably a reason. Probably, Jerry probably told him something like, "Hey, <laughs> this shit don't work. You're the guy." Yep. Yeah, I think McCarthy's like I I don't I won't say he's like by far and away, but I feel like everyone else's situations don't feel as like pressured and like as dire yeah. as My, the Cowboys. Like I know Pete Carroll won't won't get fired, but he could quit. The only other one I could see getting fired. Just because of Dan Snyder being the way he is, is Ron Rivera. That's it. But I'm I'm gonna go a little bit left field here, and I'm gonna say Matt Rule. 
Now, I know Carolina doesn't necessarily have the biggest and brightest expectations in terms of winning. I mean, they're obviously a team that's probably going to finish toward the bottom of the NFC. Five, six, seven wins is the absolute ceiling of that team. But say they just come out terrible and flat and Darnold is the quarterback or Baker's the quarterback. I mean, honestly, at this point, God knows who's going to be the quarterback of the Panthers. But oh, I, I just who see is. a who's that? Oh, you know, the best Tell quarterback me. drafted, <laughs> my boy, Matt. Oh, Matt Rowe. Oh, God. I mean, maybe, maybe I could see Matt Corral doing it, but I don't think he's going to earn that starting job this year. I don't. Maybe in a year or two, but I don't see it this year, man. I don't know. But I think Matt Rule, I mean, obviously he's more of a college coach than a pro coach. I think he's already on thin ice with them. I just think going into this season, Matt Rule definitely has the hottest of seats because he hasn't done anything there. You know, they brought him from Baylor. They thought this guy was going to be big time. He hasn't produced. He hasn't produced, honestly. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Matt, I mean, I honestly, I think Matt Rule absolutely stinks. I can't believe I forgot about him because I, I think he could be like, like a really good recruiter and a good college coach. But like I, him transitioning to the NFL is just not, worked at all and i don't know if it's because he doesn't have a quarterback that's on him for like i mean i don't know if he advocate for sam darnold but i mean he got him and he i mean really has done nothing like nothing to help sam darnold and himself like it's just i don't think it's working for the panthers i think the panthers will be a top, bottom five worst team in the nfl next year yeah i don't think it's hot take i think matt rolls a good pick too and for all my like wild, wild out of left field one, just because of who they are and just how last year ended, if the Chargers somehow end up three and five, three and six, Staley's gone. Yeah, I could see that. That's actually a really good pick thinking about it because I mean they're a top five team right now in the NFL. Russell if they come Watson, out of the gates. Yeah. Yeah. If they come out of the gate struggling, I think he's gone. Yeah. All right. Our next question is from Lucas's <laughs> Uncle Tom. <laughs> Lucas's Uncle Tom. Uh, what impact will Arch Manning going to Texas have on future five-star athletes and the University of Texas as a whole? I think the thing about the thing about Arch going to Texas is I don't know. If, I just don't know why he did it. Honestly, outside of money like there's no reason for him to go to texas football decision wise uh, i mean i, I mean steve Sar- i'll tell you steve's Sar- good play caller he's a he's quarterback recruited, whisperer, man yeah he's now recruited good quarterbacks to texas but it just doesn't feel like a situation where you're gonna get the maximum you know maximum out of yourself compared to like the, uh, all the other offers he had that's not to say it can't work, but I think it's interesting because, I mean, he's going to get paid a ton. I'm curious to see if anyone will follow him because I think there's like talks about that, like other five star like receivers and stuff like coming to Texas for Arch Manning and everything. But I'm mm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how it'll work out because they, like you said, that we were talking before. You know, they just brought in a kid from Ohio. Already made his money, but you know, he's going to be making a lot there too. And he's supposed to be the starter. He's supposed to be this big hot shot. You know, if he's if he's that is good, 
Arch Manning's going to have to sit for a little bit. I don't. I can't see the name Manning sitting for very long on the bench. Um, in terms of like, because the question was pretty deep for real. Um, I think Arch will be fine. I know a lot of people think he'll be a bust. I think he'll be fine. In terms of what it means, I think that with the new NIL, Texas is going to dominate, or not? Maybe not dominate, but Texas is going to be top tier in football again, and not even just university. I'm talking A and M. You know, when they talk about the high school football, no state competes with Texas. And when you talk about money, not many, like maybe California with Hollywood and Silicon Valley, but they don't care about college football like the oil money in Texas cares about college football. So I think Texas, all like Texas schools, most as a whole, not maybe like Baylor and Texas Tech may not, but I think your A&Ms, your Longhorns, maybe TCU, they're going to be competitive, like year in and year out, going to be up there for the best players because of the money. All right, so here's an interesting tidbit, or something I at least thought was interesting. So looking at last year's recruiting class rankings, Texas is all the way down there at 15, and obviously we all know that Texas A&M and all that money got them to number one. But looking ahead to next year, and obviously it's very early. I mean, teams like Alabama and Georgia always end up coming late, getting in the top five. We expect that. We know it's going to happen. But right now, Texas has the third best recruiting class next year with two five stars, eight four stars, and six three stars already committed. That gives them 16 for the 2023 class. And we know they already have a quarterback whisperer at coach, Steve Sarkeesian. We know they have a blue chip recruit with the first family of football last name, Arch Manning. They have really good skill position players there. They are building a really good team out there in Texas. And I'm going to be honest. I don't think that Texas is going to come into the SEC and dominate right away. They might win eight or nine games their first season. Their second season will be a little tough. Eventually, They'll find their footing and they'll succeed. But what I think it means for the University of Texas is contention in the next five or six six years if they stick with Steve Sarkeesian and trust his process. Because at the end of the day, we know Texas is like a Florida. They're like a team that, you know, they throw their coaches under the bus after three or four years of underproducing a little bit. You know, they might have one good year, one bad year, and they say, oh, you know, we're Texas. We got to get up to this point. We got to be competing with the Alabamas and the Georgias. But that's going to be even harder in the SEC because you're going to play those teams every every week. You know, you're going to be playing Alabama, Georgia, depending on how the pot system works. I don't know if it's West. Kentucky, yeah. I mean, Kentucky's a really good team. So you're going to be playing those teams year in, your week in, week out. It's going to be hard initially to get up to that level. But give them five or six years in the SEC with this recruiting level. Let them win eight, nine, ten games a year. They'll eventually become a top ten, top five program in the country, no doubt. So I think Texas is building the right way. I think, you know, with the NIL stuff, that'll get sorted out eventually. There will be more restrictions. But I do think Texas is going to be back soon. I'm not going to say it now. You know, I'm not going to say Texas is back. I'm not going to pull an Ellinger. Because remember when he did that, everyone thought, oh, Texas is back. They're for real. They beat Georgia in that Sugar Bowl. They came out after that and stunk. I mean, they they they, they weren't anything after that. I mean, that, that kind of jinxed them. That sent them back down to earth, back down to reality. But 
I do think Texas is eventually going to be back, but they have to believe in Steve Sarkeesian and let him build because he is one of the best offensive minds in all of college football. He can do it. He's like a Lane Kiffin out there. I think he can really make Texas something special. You just have to give him time. So our next question, we actually have a couple. They're from our Lucas and I's good friend, Turner. Okay, and he's a big Cowboys fan, so this is a big Cowboys question. Zeke or Tony Pollard? Who's the better back, and who will have the better season as the bell cow for the Dallas Cowboys? <clears throat> My answer would be I don't even really care. I mean, I'm, I would <laughs> if you're if I'm if I'm playing fantasy football, I'm drafting Zeke before Pollard. So I guess that's my answer. So you take you take you take Zeke over Pollard. Yeah. Well, if we're drafting I mean, fantasy, think, I'm think... I'm staying away from the backfield altogether. I do not. I don't trust. I the reason I think Zeke will get more carries and like more volume is because of his money he's getting paid. They, that would just they can't yeah, put that on the bench. bench. Like they just they cannot. He's just too noteworthy too. It's Zeke just... will play more because Zeke does a lot of things non-numbers related. Le- Zeke's a hell, might be the best blocking back in the league. I think Zeke's a good guy. Yeah. He just may not get the insane running numbers. Yeah, he's just he's not the Zeke that like popped onto the scene. Why? No, more explosive guy. It's just I I'd, I'd probably take Zeke to be the more like volume volume guy with snap count wise see i think zeke will have more carries and i think he will finish the season with more yards but i think pollard's going to be right there and i truly view them as a committee right now because looking at that backfield pollard has all the explosion he makes the big plays he's faster he's quicker i mean obviously you're going to run zeke into the ground because like you said you're paying him a lot of money you're going to want to get your money's worth, you know, and Pollard's still young. They can still, you know, keep him around for five, six years. They're not going to want to, you know, wear out that gravy train. But with Zeke, you're going to want to wear out that gravy train. You know, you're going to run him down to the ground until the wheels fall off. So I think Zeke will have more yards. He'll have more carries. But I think that backfield is a true committee. I think both of them will be like, you know, Zeke might have seven, 800 yards. Pollard might have five, 600 yards, but they're both going to get really good opportunities. And I think, like you said, Lucas, stay away from them in fantasy. But if you can get them as late round value, I'd buy both because I think they'll both have some pretty big games, and especially Pollard. He might end up outscoring because he's going to be involved in the passing game. He'll have some big touchdown plays. I mean, we've seen Pollard have 70, 80 yard scampers. I mean, he's a baller. So I think they're both about equal right now. Our next question from Turner is what quarterback entering the 2022 season is trending up the most and what quarterback is trending down the most? What do you mean? I think what Turner means is what quarterback is sort of underrated coming into the season that's going to have a really good year and what quarterback is coming into the season that's just not going to produce at all, like whatsoever. Hmm. Well, it trending has, like, downward. Like, it's trending down. Trending downward. I think that the like the most obvious answer of all is Carson Wentz. Like I, he's like, mm. no. Dude, I think he's like if he if he's like, I think he's a three interception like away from being out of the league. Give up on him back to back seasons. Which I mean, the Eagles kind of were just like done with him at the end there. But the Colts, if the Colts give up on him, like that quickly after that one game 
I have to think this the leash has to be mm. still good or not. Like we know he's good, but it's like I don't know. It doesn't feel like he's as secure as a starter in the league. He's like, he feels like his reputation's kind in the mud, which is perfect for a team like the Commanders to come and get a guy like that. Yeah. Like yeah, I swear, yeah, like I, it's not even I believe he's that bad. It's just mm, rough. All right, trending upward in terms of I think he's gonna have a good year. Zach Wilson. I like that pick. Trending downward, bro. Don't you say it. <laughs> Let's ride. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think Russell's gonna bomb Broncos country. So? Broncos country. Broncos Let's ride. Let's drive. You think we, wait, you think with Cortland Sutton, you think with Jerry Judy that this man's gonna fall off? Well, I mean, he didn't do too good with DK or Tyler last year, so. And you add that altitude, that's got to be a – then you got to – I mean, the oh, altitude yeah. might help his throwing, honestly. I mean, he's already the best no. deep, deep ball thrower no. in the league, arguably. No. I'm, I'm, I think he's going to suck this year. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Also, as a first-time head coach. Fun fact. I mean, All hey, right. I love it. I'm on so, the Satan train. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Let's rock. <laughs> I hate him so much. Oh my gosh. I have a very interesting pick. Of course. For my do. trending up quarterback. Oh god. I'm gonna go with one Jared Goff. Now you might I have thought, thought I picked that. Tua. I think that's too obvious. Jared Goff has a vastly improved roster around him in Detroit. Okay. Jamison Williams coming in. It's a leading offensive rookie of the year candidate. And that's not even my Bama bias. I mean, if he is healthy, he is arguably the best wide receiver in the draft. He is super explosive. He is going to make play after play. I love the DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams backfield. I think they are great. I think St. Brown, the rookie last year out of USC, is a great receiver. I think DJ Chark coming in could have a very big year. So overall, and you can't forget TJ Hawkinson. I mean, he is a top eight tight end, hands down, maybe top five. He is an absolute dynamic tight end that can go for 800 to 1,000 yards in a season. If you need a fourth and five, fourth and ten, he has the hands that can get you that. I honestly love Jared Goff this upcoming season. I think he's going to have 4,000 yards, could throw 25, 26 touchdowns, seven or eight games. They could win. I feel like Detroit's a big sleeper this year. Now, for my trending down quarterback, I have to be honest. I think it's Ryan Tannehill. I think last year he had such an abysmal 17 touchdowns, 14 picks. Coming off his two best seasons by far, he showed clear signs of regression. I think Derrick Henry is going to be really good, but I think, unfortunately, he will take a small step back because, I mean, he had so, so many years so great playing at such a high level. It's honestly a natural occurrence of father time creeping up you know, stealing some of his abilities, especially coming off injury. I don't think Derrick Henry is going to be the same top number one quarterback or running back in the league, rather. I think he'll be the second or third best. I mean, obviously, that's still incredible, but I don't see Derrick Henry getting the 2K. I don't see Derrick Henry being able to carry that team. And after having such an abysmal playoff performance against the Bengals, where he literally threw that game away, those three interceptions were all god-awful and cost his team potentially a trip to the Super Bowl with the number one overall seed. 
I feel like overall, at the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill is about two or three years away from maybe not being out of the NFL, but from being an irrelevant backup. I don't think this man has much left in the tank at all. I don't believe in him. I think he has regressed pretty much beyond recognition. He's my quarterback that I think is going to regress. I'll say I'll add one more. I because I gave my downward, but I didn't get my upward. One oh, okay. guy that I think one guy that I think like he's like perfectly in the middle is um, Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts now is getting you know AJ Brown a like bona fide number one wide receiver. Devontae Smith is coming yeah. into his second. He's in his second season under Sirianni or whatever. And talking kind of like slowly hyping up. They're building something really like that looks solid on paper. And really, we're all just waiting to see if Jalen Hurts will be the guy. And so I. The hype around him is turning up, but it could go down really quickly. Like if he comes plays like how he did last year then that's he'll get pulled but because is Gardner Minshew still there or is he a free agent like is he still in Philly uh, I think so I'm gonna have to look that up that's a great question Lucas that honestly stumps me because like I mean you know Gardner I like yeah, he's still he's with not, the Eagles okay then yeah I mean he's still there and I mean he's more than he's more than a capable starter I mean it's honestly know, interesting like he... to me that Gardner Minshew hasn't gotten more opportunity because he's been pretty good when he's played. I mean, he hasn't been great, but he's been a serviceable starter. I mean, you can make the argument that he's been better than some guys starting jobs right now in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, I don't know if it's just like everyone looks at him like a joke or everything, but I mean, Jacksonville, like he played with Jacksonville. That's that's all I have to say. And then I mean, the Eagles yeah. were only playing him as a backup, like they're. So it's like, you know, it doesn't feel like he has, he's really gotten a true shake, but I mean, I don't know. Just, yeah. Something to look out for. I think Hertz is an interesting player. All right. Time to get to our next question. This one <laughs> is from Lucas's friend, James. What is the realistic number of wins for the Cowboys this season? And why is it under five? <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's just make that serious. What is the realistic expectation for the Cowboys this year, win-wise? I don't have their schedule in front of me. I'm just going to say 10. Yeah, I feel like double digits and above has to be the expectation, especially. like, I mean, we were saying earlier. Could sneak up and surprise them or something. But, I mean, in reality, Cowboys shouldn't have an issue because, I mean, the roster – Micah Parsons on one side and Dak Prescott on the other. Those are two, you know, game changers that the other teams really don't have. And so they should run the division like pretty easily, at least. At least on paper, they should. I would agree with that. I think I would say eleven would be the number I have in mind. I think ten is the median. I think eleven is you know, pretty, pretty optimistic, but I actually feel pretty optimistic about the Cowboys this year. I mean, I think they have a good roster. I think Dak is still an underrated quarterback. You know, I think he is a bona fide top 10 quarterback. I think he's fringe elite, you know, and he's playing at his absolute highest level. 
I think Dak's quarterback, you can definitely win a Super Bowl with. Not saying I think the Cowboys are going to even sniff a Super Bowl this year. I think they'll be a solid playoff team. I don't see them getting to the NFC Championship, let alone the, you know, the big dance. But I think Dallas is a really good team, and I expect them to win 10 or 11 games this year. All right. Our next question is from my dad, actually, Scott. He has two. His first is, what rookie will have the biggest impact this upcoming season? personally i think that it's gonna be and i thought about like basically most of the first round like just running through all those picks again like off the top of my head the guy who i think is the most pure football talent guy in the draft i think kyle hamilton will have a great rookie year and i know he's a safety so i don't know how much but you know him on that baltimore secondary you know they they have you know playmakers in Marcus Peters and Marlon, but a guy that like can you know free range like Kyle Hamilton and go around the field, especially in a division that has you know Steelers have some you know Joe Burrow and the whole Bengals core. Again, you know Deshaun's probably not playing this year, but you got Mari Cooper there. You know you have players over there, so I think Kyle Hamilton can have a really big impact on. You know, I mean, I can see him like just being a playmaker, and everyone's like, "How do we let him drop to the Ravens?" Because it feels like the Ravens always get a guy like that. Uh, for me, I was gonna think I can't think of his name right now, but white dude that went to Detroit, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, that's my pick. Okay, just feels like it works. I, I don't know. We didn't draft anyone, so I don't really give a shit. But that's the one I was like, oh, that one could be a difference maker. It's a Dan Campbell guy. This, I'm a big see, Dan Campbell guy. It's hard for me to say because obviously it's going to come across as a Bama homer pick. Like, oh, you know, B only picked this guy because he went to Alabama and he was a star. And we know that's a trope. And I recognize that. And I understand that. <laughs> I'm not even going to deny it because at times I am very much of a homer. You guys know it better than anyone. But – I think it's Jamison Williams. Like I said earlier in the show, I think the Detroit Lions are going to take a huge step forward, and I think Jamison Williams is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. I think he's going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think stepping into a perfect situation with a talented offense, he is going to go off. I think Jared Goff has proven in the past he can, he can get his receivers money. He can get them elite stats. We saw Cooper Cup do really well with them. We saw Robert Woods do really well with them. We saw a lot of people eat when Jared Goff was serving up that food. And I think, honestly, the next quarter or next wide receiver that's going to eat with that quarterback is none other than Jameson Williams. I believe in him. <sighs> the next question is actually from my mom because I asked my dad my mom. And she asked, will Gronk come out of retirement at some point in the season for another Super Bowl run with the Bucks?" Probably. I could see it happening. I don't think it will. Because I think his body's like that cooked. I think last year it showed. I I think his body like I mean that was the reason he retired the first time. He needed a whole year off to really recuperate, but now I think it's like really caught up to him and I think 
partially the reason why he left. I mean, he comes back towards the end of the season, but like, it seems hard for him to get into a floor. I just, I don't think, I don't know the situation. See, I honestly could see him back if they were like a great contender. Say they were first in the NFC. If they were going to have a first round bye, I could see him coming back, but I don't think he will. And the reason being is I think, I think, see, I think they'll be good this year, but I don't think the Buccaneers are going to be a world beating Super Bowl contender. I think they will be a top 10 team, but I don't think they're going to walk all over teams this year. I think there's going to be a little bit of regression with Tom Brady. And honestly, I think there's going to be a little regression with the whole team because I mean, not that Bruce Arians is a perfect coach, but going from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles, that's a downgrade, I fear. I really think it's a downgrade. Now, I know Brady is very comfortable with Bowles. I know he was their defensive coordinator, and he a great one at that. But we've seen him fail as a head coach before. And obviously, Tampa Bay is a well-oiled machine. Tom Brady, you know, he's in charge. We all know that. But deep down, something about Todd Bowles as the head coach – I just don't think it's going to work out. I think they're going to win 10 or 11 games this year, but I don't think they're going to be a world-beating Super Bowl contender. With that being said, I think Gronk's going to come back if they are first in the NFC, but they won't be first in the NFC. So I see him staying retired, you know, getting a cushy little commentating job or doing whatever Gronk does, maybe more WWE, something, you know, entertaining, because the, the guy himself is like another Shaq, basically. He's an entertainer. He's going to be in commercials. We all know that, but I don't see him coming back because I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be good enough to support it. All right. Next up. <laughs> is that Wallen in his toy? <laughs> no, it's me. He ran outside. I don't know where he is. I'm trying to get him. Oh, that's you. <laughs> hey, Bubba. Like, oh, you just want the toy, man. You don't want to <laughs> care about the dog. It's made part of the dog toys. Is that my cowboy? Is that my cowboy? <laughs> hey, Bubba. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, here we go. Only on the backfield, boys, can you hear Jackson Kelly playing with his dog while we're <laughs> recording an episode. It's so, it's so wholesome. We love it. <laughs> so wholesome. God, he ran away. Again. All right. Our next question is from a friend of Jackson and I's, Riley. Now, this question is going to inevitably piss probably the both, both of you off, more so Jackson. But Riley asks, stupid. <laughs> you already know what I'm about to say. Yeah, it's a dumb question. If the 49ers had held on to Colin Kaepernick and he was able to play <laughs> under Shanahan, would they have won the 2020 Super Bowl if he played quarterback instead of Jimmy G? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Bro, you got replaced by Blaine Gabbert. You know how bad you have to be playing to be play- replaced by Blaine Gabbert? Blaine Gabbert. Bro, that's, <laughs> that's so bad. Jimmy no, G's so overhated. I don't care what you're doing before the game or after the game. If you're getting replaced on the field by Blaine it's time. it's time. It's time to look at that. We'll see what degree you got from Nevada there, bud. That's that's now. Hey, you all finish talking. I'll be back. Hold up. But yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> I see the no. thing is I don't. I can't even see it. But talking football wise, I just can't. Because I mean, I don't. Shanahan, it feels like is now he never has had. 
RG3 that one year. And I mean, RG3 was special there as a rookie. But I think RG3 that year was just such... Towards that stretch where he started to be actually bad at being a quarterback. And him bursting on the scene, I mean, like I said, you, you know, the league kind of caught up to what Colin Kaepernick was, and they just figured out how to stop a running quarterback. And I think he'd be better in today's NFL, but I still enough passer to be consistently good, even with Kyle Shanahan as his coach. Now, I think if the question was, if you took prime Colin Kaepernick, like 2012, 2013 Colin Kaepernick, and put him in Jimmy Garoppolo's shoes, put him in his cleats, I do think they probably win that Super Bowl. Because I think that version of Colin Kaepernick was better than the 2020 version of Jimmy Garoppolo. However, Kaepernick was cooked by 2017. I mean, obviously... He got overtaken by Blaine Gabbert. That was even before the kneeling. That was even before the 49ers let him go. I mean, obviously, he wasn't the level of quarterback that he once was. And like you said, Lucas, the league figured him out. So, no, I don't think they would have won the Super Bowl if they had kept Kaepernick. I don't think it's even realistic they would have made the playoffs if Kaepernick was their quarterback. But if Kaepernick and his prime were playing for that team, that's a whole different ballgame. I think they probably do win that Super Bowl. Insane. Insane. <laughs> Only right. on the backfield, boys, will they say that Colin Kaepernick could beat Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl? <laughs> Unbelievable. You don't. You don't think, Brendan? What's I that? think it's. I think it's a more interesting game. More interesting game. They barely won. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Stupid. Look, I mean, if, I don't care if Kyler Murray went and nailed every game. If he played well, who gives a shit? <laughs> Kaepernick was already trying to get traded before he even nailed. He sucked. <laughs> Do you remember that game he had like like two completions and four interceptions in the snow? <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> See, I, I think there's a lot of revisionist yeah. history with him. Like, I think when all that happened, people looked back and they said, oh, man, he was a star quarterback. He could have been top 10. He was an MVP candidate. Like, no, he no. quite literally stunk his last two years in the league. Like, he wasn't good. Like, there's no – you can't even – I mean, there's are. I mean, I think it's kind of a Tebow situation. Like, I've always compared the two. I think that they became too big of a story – to make up for mediocre play. Now, if they were like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning level players, the story wouldn't even matter. Teams would take the baggage, but there's no, but no team in their right mind wants media baggage with a mediocre player because it's a locker room distraction. It's bad for the position group. I mean, nobody wants that. No sane general manager or coach wants that in their locker room. So that's the real reason he's out of the league. But I mean, obviously, you know, in our business, there's a lot of, you know, revisionist history. There's a lot of people making false claims. Not me, by the way. I never make any false claims. Always facts. Next question. <laughs> All right. We got a couple from our buddy Jackson. Um, nope. His first, being a big Colts fan, not you, Jackson, our other Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> our first question, I mean, obviously, he's a huge Colts fan. So he asks, will Jonathan Taylor lead the league in rushing yet again and be the league's best running back? Mm. Maybe I don't. I don't know. I have to think. It wouldn't surprise me, but I don't know. I still like. I know Jonathan. 
Jonathan Taylor was great, but I don't know. It just seems weird to me that he was great. Like, he just kind of came out of nowhere. Kelly, you remember a couple years ago when Joseph Adai had that, like, really good run? kind of reminds me of that. That's a throwback, yeah. man. I think it kind of, I mean, I think it kind of depends on the play of Matt Ryan. Cause, like, I mean, if the thing is, if they're like, if Matt Ryan is cooked or whatever, then and then they're just going to be low in the box. And I don't know if Jonathan Taylor can like rattle off like how he did last year. I don't know if he can do that again because that he was at an insane level. But I don't, I don't know who else would really lead the league in rushing off the top. I'm going to make a prediction right here. On the backfield, boys, recording. What's the date today? 28th. It is the 28th of June. This will release the 29th. Jackson, what is all that racket? A dumbass. <laughs> puppies, man, are the worst. Just kidding. The backfield boys love puppies. We endorse puppies. <laughs> I'm about to lock them in the gosh darn bathroom. <laughs> the backfield boys is not to condone animal violence whatsoever. <laughs> All right. Jonathan Taylor may be the best running back in the league next year, but he's not going to lead the league in rushing yards. No, sir. Not in 2022, 2023. That running back is number 22. For oh the Pittsburgh God. Steelers. Oh, no. Najee Harris from the University of Alabama is going to Look, lead the league in rushing yards with 1,856. This man is going to go scorched earth all over AFC North defenses, all over NFL defenses. Najee Harris is going to be running loose. There's a new juice and he's loose, ladies and gentlemen. This is Najee Harris, the hurdler himself. Strike opposed Najee. He is going to run all over everyone. I'm telling you right now, even Mike Tomlin admitted it. He said, we got a bell cow on our hands. That's number 22, Najee Harris. And you know what that means? Non-stop Najee. I'm talking 350-plus carries. I'm talking 1,800 yards. I'm talking 9 or 10 touchdowns. This man is going to be a top-five player in fantasy easily this man is going to be one of the best players in the league not just running backs one of the best players in the league i think he'll be an mvp candidate next question hey but you get the point <laughs> Najee harris Skip. the alabama rod slobbing is so annoying <laughs> he acknowledged it earlier too but then we just went right i know skip <laughs> okay Another another um, question from Jackson. Over under, how many Raiders players will be arrested and how many staff will be forced to step down this season? Zero. Zero? Because I was going to say two. I was going to say Zero. two. Mm, Zero. I feel like one defensive back. I feel like they're do- one defensive hey, back it, every it, year. It, it, it's like it's a tradition. It's Viva Las Vegas. So you already know something's going to go down. Zero. This is a Patriot Way team now. <laughs> what? Yeah. What in God's green earth made the Raiders the Patriots? <laughs> well, they got the Patriot GM. They got Josh McCallan. They're going to be Josh buttoned McCallan's up. Josh not really known for Patriot Way. I mean, he's not I mean, really. Dude, you're judging from when he started his first coaching job when he was, what, 
17. <laughs> 19, actually. <laughs> He's a grown man now. Also, I think Derek Carr is a hell of a leader. I mean, look, whether well, meat might be like, you know, a public intoxication DUI, maybe. But in terms of like getting kicked off the team well, or sure committing a murder, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't think none of that happens this year. They got the off, so they should be okay. I mean, technically, it was vehicular. It was vehicular manslaughter, not murder. So, I mean, we can just kind of scratch that off the list. I'll say two oh, DUIs. Kane's still there. No players calling though. I think Kane's still there. Poor guy. Poor team. <laughs> Bum. All right. Next question: Will the Bengals be contenders again, or fall off this season back to the middle of the pack? Um, neither. I think they're a wild card team this year, but I don't, I mean, they could, I mean, they have Joe Burrow, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't see them coming out winning 14 to 14 to 16 games. There's no way. So in that mind, I don't know if they're necessarily a contender, but I don't see them missing the playoffs either. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I can't see them going on a prime Super Bowl run like they did, but I do agree that I think that they'll still be a competitive team. Like I think they'll, I think just by virtue of having Joe Burrow in that offense, I think they'll be a competitive team. I would agree. I mean, I think the Bengals are honestly the favorites in the AFC North. As much as I hate to say that, I think they're a ten or an eleven win team. I don't think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender just because I think making the playoffs at 10 or 11 wins doesn't make you automatically a contender, especially when they're pretty clearly the third or fourth best team in the AFC at best. I mean, I know they made the Super Bowl, but we've seen plenty of fluke teams make the Super Bowl as good as they are. They're not going to go back to the Super Bowl this year, but I do think that they are closer to being a contender than they are the middle of the pack. So I'll say I'll lean toward them being more of a contender, but a mid-range contender. Nowhere near a top-tier contender. Next question is, where should Julio Jones sign, or should he just retire? Uh, if he doesn't retire, I think Indianapolis is where I'd like to see him. Yeah, I, I think... That. Yeah, I mean... I think there's like maybe I think there is room for him on some roster in some way. I'd I'd hate just last year to be the last year we see Julio Jones on the field. Um, but I mean we it is, you know, towards the end of his career. I mean, he was such a physically dominant receiver. His his body's just kind of, you know, given out on him. It's not not running the same way unless he like really changes his like ways to being kind of like a Larry Fitzgerald type. I can't see him really being a big impact guy on a big team. <laughs> Larry really had two separate careers. Yeah. I it's honestly weird. think... He, Go ahead, Lucas. It was weird. Like, Larry Fitzgerald's just a guy who just kind of, like, he just went off. Like, did they have a retirement tour? Like, didn't really, like, say... No, no. Went away. Which is, like, very fitting Two for people. how his career... Yeah, for her, how his career was. Very cool. If I were Julio Jones, now don't get me wrong. Don't take this the wrong way, Jackson Davenport, listening. We appreciate all the questions. Indianapolis would be a great fit. 
and I'm not saying they wouldn't be. I think top six, seven, eight team in the AFC. I think they're a team that could win a Super Bowl if everything goes right, because obviously Matt Ryan's a big upgrade for them over Carson Wentz. I think he's going to step in, do a good job. However, I think the clear choice for Julio Jones is the Green Bay Packers. Go play with one of the top three quarterbacks who's ever played this game. Go play for a proven coach who has made the playoffs and gone on deep runs. Go who? play for a team. Who? Matt LaFleur. He's a proven Matt coach. He is a proven coach. He's what done deep there. run has he went? What deep run has he went on? The year they lost the Buccaneers. A couple years back. Went to the NFC Championship game. That's a deep run. They could have easily won that game. Hmm. I think he's a proven head coach. I do. But I think that would be by far the best fit. I think, you know, Christian Watson will be good. They still got Randall Cobb coming back. That's a nice little pickup. But overall, I think it's obvious that they're going to need a, a, a little bit of a spark, a little bit of a change. Wide receiver, they can come in. Because we all know Julio. He's banged up. He has injury history now. He's getting up there. He only has a couple more years left in the tank. But I think a Super Bowl contending team like Green Bay – could use a guy like Julio Jones talent. One of the greatest receivers we've ever seen easily in the top 10. I think he could step in and be a big impact guy. I really do. I could see that. Next question. And this is the one that's kind of disrespectful to my Steelers. I'm not going to lie. Will the Steelers be eliminated from playoff contention in week eight or week (laughs) 11? (laughs) Uh, I think that they'll go towards till the bitter end. So you think we're going to make the playoffs? Mm, no. no. No? I don't think it's possible oh, to make the playoffs. It's not possible. No. They're I don't want the best <sighs> rosters in the NFL. You're not going to win your division. You never know. You're not going to no, win your division. No. They've counted us out before. I'll count you out again. I'm not. No, shut up, dude. You're a six-time Super Bowl champ. You're not counted out. So We're real underdogs. Arizona you have a top five right coach. That. You're not counted out. <laughs> I don't think you guys can win your division, and I don't think any team – a lot of this falls on what happens with Deshaun. But yeah. I don't think um, – if let's say Deshaun only gets four to six games, then them or the Bengals could get a wild card. I don't see two teams making it from your division, especially with – the way the AFC – the AFC is just too good this year for a team like Steelers to sneak in, I think. Yeah, you were you were one very dumb timeout away from not being in it last year. So, But I, we've improved a ton over last year, though. I mean, we've literally uh, improved every single skill position there is. Every single position, honestly. I mean, every – Position on the field, I feel like we have taken a big step forward. We've made huge improvements on defense. I mean, signing Ogan Joby. I mean, I know he has the foot issues, but if he gets over that, he can be a very elite player. I mean, he had 12 sacks last year on the D-line. He's going to be a huge addition. Levi Wallace, obviously Miles Jack with the linebacker core. I feel really good about it. Now, see, I don't think that every single will be great. I think some of the players will be good. I think some of them will not be as good as you're saying they will be. But I don't see you guys being an absolute failure. I just don't see you being that great team. Now, you might improve over the year, and you might sneak into the seventh seed or even a higher wild card spot. I just... 
I, I can't I can't put my future into Kenny Pickett year one slash Mitch Trubisky. I just I can't do that. That's fair. I understand that. Okay, and our last question of the episode—it's gone a little long today, but but we we've gotten through pretty much all of them. Our last question comes in once again from one Jackson Davenport. Will Tom Brady have another career year, or have we already seen the beginning of the end? And is are his elite days over with? Mm. I'm not answering that. <laughs> You're not answering it. I don't. I mean, I'm just <laughs> not answering. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've this. I've at, we've been asking this question for over a decade now. It's yeah. like it's the cliff here, Max Kellerman. Yeah, I mean, like for I answer it as I don't think he's going to fall off. Now, his numbers might not. He might not be five thousand yards again, but I don't think we'll see a a drop off in ability. Because I mean, I will when he's bad. I just I will not believe it. I won't believe that's happening. There's any world where I'll be like, "That's this is it. Tom is done." Like where we could see Peyton, we could see Big Ben. You know, we could see there. Like, I just can't imagine how Tom Brady. And I don't. I can't imagine I'll see it ever. And the thing is, is Tom's changed his game. Not, I mean, kind of like we were talking about Larry earlier. Like Peyton was. Peyton until the bitter end when it just he couldn't be Peyton no more. Tom Brady from like 07 is not the same Tom Brady right now. Plays a can diff a completely different style of football. Whereas like Peyton Manning in 06 was the same Peyton Manning in 2014, right before 2015 happened. <laughs> He's gonna have a good year. I think his stats are going to look pretty. But I do think there is going to be somewhat of a drop-off. And I think we have seen the last of Tom Brady's top five days. I don't think he's going to be an elite quarterback this year. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. I think the stats are going to look pretty. I think he's going to go into the playoffs, you know, with maybe 30 touchdowns, 12, 13 interceptions, 42, 4,300 yards, something nice looking. But I do not think the level of play is going to be there. I just don't. I don't think he's going to be able in his age 46 season. That sounds crazy to say. I mean, 46 years of age. I mean, obviously, it's remarkable how incredible he is going on this age, but I just don't see it happening this year. I think as great as he is, greatest career of all time, we get that, but I I just don't see it repeating itself this year. I really don't. 